let's say you have a team of 10 people. Statistically, one of those people is going to be a rotten apple. Statistically, one will be. You've got a team of, you know, 20, 15 to 20, there's maybe going to be two of them. And yep. so the power of the rotten apple is huge because not only is they have this, this attitude that they're bringing that is very discouraging, that is dis, uh, it, it's undermining, it's sabotaging. That's what they do. And then their behavior on top of that, because everybody else feels like, well, why do they get to do that? Nobody else has to. Why are they not held accountable? But everybody else is being held accountable. So they're not only doing all this undermining, which is horrible, doing all this discouragement that is really bad for the team. There's no accountability. For some reason, they think that they're safe from that. And, and So the team not only has to deal with the negativity, the team has to make up the difference. This podcast is dedicated to overachievers, procrastinators, self-saboteurs, and free spirits who don't want a boring average life. You want to do things your own way, but keep getting in your own way with endless distractions. The result? You set goals, but never see them through. You're not alone. Today, your executive and team performance coaches, Michael and me, Danielle, will be addressing a question submitted by one of our listeners and providing tips and techniques that you can use to slay distractions and gain unstoppable momentum so you can turn your dream life into real life. So here we go. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Danielle. How are you today? Fantastic. It's sunny. The rain has stopped. We <laughs> had a, a big 0.3 inches of, of rain, which was like an epic here in El Paso. So yeah, but you have rats. Yes, <laughs> very dangerous. But now we have a beautiful, sunshiny day. So I'm going to be spending the day outside today. Nice. Yes. Okay, so I came upon this um, article and a Gallup. So Gallup has been doing this survey since 2010 on managers and their employees on their level of engagement. And I know that we had promised our folks we would do a podcast today on um, how to create collaboration and cooperation with your team. But this is so important. I think we need to talk about this first because this needs to be addressed before we can move on to building cooperation and collaboration within our teams. Um, so this, this survey showed that 39% of employee engagement um, has, has risen over 36% last year, which, which is really good. The staggering most important number is that 14% of the employees are now actively disengaged, which is also up over by 1% over last year. Now, this that's a big number, right? And if, if you have 14% of your staff actively disengaged in your company, it's going to make it very, very difficult to have a positive culture where you can have collaboration and cooperation. But let's talk about, you know, what does that mean to be actively disengaged? Um, and I think we need to really define that because maybe people don't understand what that really means. Um, you know, for Gallup, it, it, they describe it as people who have a miserable work experience and spread their unhappiness to their colleagues. The last statistics I'm going to give you before I want you to explain to that what that really means, Michael, in, in the real world is that according to this, 
manager engagement has gone down to 33%, which is an all-time low. So, which means that the managers are losing some of their engagement with their company and their team members, and um, which is really sad because they're the ones that are supposed to set the tone for engagement within their teams. So, um, you know, you have a really good way of, of explaining, you know, what does this mean to have this, you know, to be actively disengaged and why don't you, you share your insight on that? Okay, yeah, thank you, I appreciate that. There is a lot of great information in here. And if we look beyond just the data, we start seeing a real story that's being told here. You take a look at, okay, so I've got 39%, you know, throughout the world, you might say that are really engaged in it, I've got 14%, that's 53% of the organization, right? People that are really buying into the mission, the, the goals, the objectives of the organization, 39%, not quite 40, but you know, there we are. We're not at a tipping point of 50%, right? Then yeah. you got 14% that are actively, either passive aggressively or outwardly directly doing something to disengage everybody else, to discourage them, to make them feel bad about the, the managers, the company, what it is they do. They're actively doing that either outright or subtly. That we don't understand. That's not something they don't understand. They do understand. Yes. And they get it. And they that, that's what makes it so hard and so horrible is that they get it and they know what they're doing and they're doing it deliberately, right? So that leaves this big mass of about 47% in the middle of going, which way do we go? So which side are we on? Yeah, that's exactly right. And a lot of them just kind of hunker down and say, I don't want anything to do with this. And so I'm just going to show up, do my work, get out of there, get my check, that kind of stuff. That's a massive number of people. However, if we look at it in a proactive way, what can we do to awake that giant mass of people there and get them to buy more into the company, what it's about, its objectives and so on and so forth? Well, the first thing you have to do is to recognize the power of the poison apple. That poison apple is powerful. Think of it this way. If you have a team, let's say you have a team of 10 people, statistically, one of those people is going to be a rotten apple. Statistically, one will be. You've got a team of, you know, 20, 15 to 20. There's maybe going to be two of them. And yep. so the power of the rotten apple is huge because not only is they have this, this attitude that they're bringing that is very discouraging, that is just, uh, it, it's undermining, it's sabotaging. That's what they do. And then their behavior on top of that, because everybody else feels like, well, why do they get to do that? Nobody else has to. Why are they not held accountable? But everybody else is being held accountable. So they're not only doing all this undermining, which is horrible, doing all this discouragement that is really bad for the team. There's no accountability. For some reason, they think that they're safe from that. And, and So the team not only has to deal with the negativity, the team has to make up the difference. And that is a perfect example of how do you create a discouraged team. So do you have something you'd like to say? No, I just, you know, I absolutely agree with that, you know, um, I think we even have that in family settings. I think you, you know, we find these these types of people all the time, right? But it, it makes it so incredibly um, frustrating for everyone on that team. It does. Yeah, years years ago, I was coaching a family-owned company, and um, over on the other side of the pond, as they say. Um, but they, they were a wonderful um, company, you know, 
about 60 or 70 employees. Um, and, and I was working with the sales team. And one of the people on the sales team, every time we would meet during the our coaching sessions, um, I was teaching them, I was doing training on sales training. This person always just smiled, said all the right things, um, and, and was just, you know, on the surface, pretty, pretty good. Um, and then one day the manager came to me and said, hey, you know, this team is just not working. And I said, well, whenever we're doing the training, it looks on the surface, it looks great. He said, yes, but this, this, that one person that participates all the time never actually does what we ask. And he said, you know, I've, I've got these goals. Everybody has their goals. Everybody agrees. This person agrees, smiles broadly, um, but then turns around and does none of it. Does absolutely nothing. And so, um, so now we're on the verge of, you know, catastrophe, the company is, and I've been asked to cut back on my team. And, and you know, I don't know how to, how to do that. Like, who do I pick? And so the, the obvious first response, and I'm sure listeners are going, well, pick that one person that says they're going to do it and then never does it. And that's the obvious first response. But if you want to be, you know, impartial and fair, um, I suggested that he do this exercise, which was to identify, make a big chart and identify for every single employee, their strengths, their weaknesses, what they bring to the team, what potential they have that you can see as a manager that they could bring to that team and really be impartial. Try to look at it from, you know, from, from a overview and, and take away your personal um, bias out of it and sit down and say, okay, this person has this, this person, and make a point system. And that might, you know, will either confuse you or will be very, very, very clear on your top performers and your potential top performers. Um, and those people that maybe, you know, the team is carrying. And he did this exercise and it was, I knew that it was going to be very difficult for him, but he took the time to do it and made this huge deep analysis and wrote a report for his boss. Um, and then the, the conclusion was that, you know, this, I'm gonna just say passive aggressive person um, it became very, very clear to him in his analysis that that person just had to go because in, after his analysis, he took the time to talk to some of the, all of the staff and to say, you know, what do you see your future here to be? You know, how do you think we can get out of this rut that we're in so that, you know, we don't go bankrupt and that we grow. Um, and some of the comments that came back were that, well, it, you know, we all agree on these things, but then this one person always agrees and never does it. And there's never any repercussions. Like that person just continues to do whatever the hell they want with no repercussions. And quite honestly, I don't know why then I should. And that was flagrant, right? And how sad is that? So the end result is that um, he got, you know, he let go of that person after, you know, giving them an opportunity, a, a putting them on a performance improvement plan, giving them an opportunity to grow and to, you know, come become a, a better team member, which they failed. So they had to let them go. Um, and so that part of the story is kind of sad. My favorite part of the story is that 
one person on the team was sort of this a little shy underlying um, employee that always did her job, was really, you know, proficient, um, but never spoke up in meetings, was really quite quiet, introverted, um, just kind of like a little fly on the wall almost <laughs> observing, but never really participating fully. And within a few months after the other person was like, oh, this rotten apple was let go, this young lady just started to blossom and continued to blossom to a point where now this gentleman has told me that, you know, she's his superstar and she's just growing like crazy. And he's working with her more closely to, you know, eventually make her a team leader because she is just, you know, basically come out of her shell and is just became this beautiful butterfly and is just doing absolutely incredibly well. And the last thing that that has done is that the whole team is now working more closely together. They're laughing more. They're having fun together. Even on hard days, they, they, they can talk it out without feeling that anybody is judging them or, you know, they're just really having a great time as a team. And, you know, what more could you ask? What more could you ask? So getting rid of the rotten apple allowed the rest of the people on the team to blossom and grow. Um, and that's not easy to do. And I would gather to say that the smaller the teams and the smaller the companies, probably the harder that is um, to do, but so critical, so critical. It is not an easy thing to be a good leader of a team, of a department, of an organization. It really isn't. And it's difficult because frankly, it causes, it's, it requires rather that people be courageous. They've gotta be courageous. And without that sense of courage of moving forward, making decisions, making changes as necessary, it's, it, it can't help but things to stagnate. And we know with these kind of statistics, it really does stagnate. I mean, that rotten apple can crash an entire team. They can just ruin an entire group of people. And so there is this interesting relationship. You can't get away from it. It's a symbiotic relationship between management and the employees. And both can affect the other. Yeah. You know, you make the right decisions as employees. You maybe can help lift an, a, a discouraged leader up or the, recognize that this really is not the person to have in that position. The team's performing well, but that's not being managed well. Nonetheless, they're doing really well or vice versa. You've got a great leader in there. They can now make that team grow even better, even bigger, a lot of ways. So what you did, what you described there was, was a leader who took the courage, took their courage and took the time to figure this out and really get it done rather than, because the tendency is when you're around, let me just tell you this, when you, how do you know you're around a rotten apple? Do you know? Man, for me personally, it's when, I walk away from my time with that person and I am out of energy. You know me, Michael, I'm like, I'm an <laughs> energetic, positive person. And when I'm around a rotten apple um, in any setting, I just walk away feeling so drained because I've been trying to get them up and you know expend all this energy, um, which obviously is not received. <laughs> So that's for me personally, that's 
how like my gut instinct is I'm drained afterwards. I'm just, I'm exhausted. And so what are you feeling drained about? Let's take a look at that. Cause I think that's, that's the first thing any manager leader needs to notice. I feel drained. Well, why are you feeling drained? Because I put this energy into this individual and I've gotten nothing back. So there's a sense of helplessness. I don't feel like I got the power to actually affect this person in a positive way. I feel hopeless because I don't see any answers there. So this, this cycle of helplessness and hopelessness starts churning inside the leader. That's what's happening. So like, I doesn't make any sense. They're saying yes, but they're doing this and they're just trying to kind of drive you crazy. So another way of like, looking at it, this is what a poison apple will do. The poison apple will make you feel like you're crazy. <laughs> yes. And also, don't you think they also have um, this sense of, of uh, pity me, pity me? Well, they okay. do play the victim. The they victim, certainly do. The victim card. Yeah. And there may have been some point in time that they were victimized, but you can, we're all victimized. This happens throughout the day, but whether or not we stay a victim, that's our choice. So part of what you want to recognize is this, is that that individual, the poison apple, is a bit crazy. <laughs> we don't see, well, it's kind of, that's, maybe we may be irrational, but that, this is a whole other place that that goes, okay? We're all neurotic, but you know, that this is another place when you get to it, all right? So the deal is they are kind of crazy. They don't see that they're crazy, but they drive everybody else crazy. That's how you can start pinpointing, okay, that's coming from there. <laughs> yeah and i think that's you know and i think that is really important to recognize for those managers that are struggling with a situation like this is that maybe it's you but maybe it's not you and maybe it's not the company maybe it's just the person yeah and there are you know and you 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 know you and i say this all the time you can you can indicate to a person that they need to get in shape and they need to do push-ups and sit-ups and take a walk, but you can't do it for them. So these people that don't want to improve, they don't, they are they are content in their negativity and in their little bubble of whatever they, they're living right now. Um you can't, you as a person, as a manager, can't do it for them. They have to pull out on their own that's, that's right. hard right it is hard because what you're asking them to do is this is you're asking them to be an adult and you as their manager or leader are acting as an adult and you're expecting them to be responsible for what they're doing so that you have this interdependency in terms of getting the work done they have no intention of changing their agenda to match yours and if you attempt to go in there and work with them in a rational way to explain it to them, they may be saying yes, but their behavior is saying no. And you'll go back there again and again and again. You just have to recognize at some point, you can't rationally deal with somebody who is irrational. So don't expect them to, once you see what it is, don't expect them to, to agree. They're not going to agree. Even all the facts are there, the data is there. You got it all lined up. They will never, ever agree with you because they're irrational. In yeah. fact, if you let them go, there's a good chance they'll come back and they'll sue you. I've got a client that's, that's happening to now. You know, they this person is just 
<laughs> whoa and you know and so they've done everything they know to do they let me help you and just will not change will not budge yeah. so they say okay we're gonna let you go and what that employee is now suing them yeah. but that's what they do they're irrational yeah 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 until let it go on just strains everybody yeah so you know and let's wrap this up and and you know um with my hr background you know i would recommend and i recommend this to to my clients all the time is you know take the emotion out of it and document right take the emotion out of it and document if work with that person as much as you can, but at the end of the day, they have to do their job. So you set a goal, set a deadline, get them to agree to that goal and that deadline. And then if they don't meet it, then you can write them up in their personnel file. And eventually you have enough material um, where you have data, not just emotions, that show that this person just really needs to go. Right, and the consequences for not doing that, what are the consequences for not taking that courage? and going to work, digging in and doing the hard things to make the decision. What's gonna happen if you don't, what are the unintended, well, I just said this, but then there's unintended consequences. Yeah, the, the, the biggest one is losing your superstars. Because eventually, if this behavior and this person or persons, there might be more than one, is allowed to, to stay and continue down that path, your superstars, your really good employees that you'd never want to lose, leave and go work with a leader that recognizes them and and you know they get tired of carrying the load for these people and so they leave and so you're losing your superstars and eventually you just have a, a team filled with rotten apples and then you know life sucks <laughs> it's not funny well, yes, they're saying well if this person is so good and so smart and so capable why would they leave what do they know that i don't all of a sudden you can feel this big sucking sound of all the positive all the optimism all the enthusiasm coming just being sucked right out of, their, out of your other employees they're going something's wrong but i don't know what yeah yeah so there's a there's a lot of consequences for not taking action again leaders be courageous do be smart figure it out work it through get it done those people that are holding back the team they're doing more than holding back the team in many ways they're destroying individuals and they are holding back the potential of great people in your organization and on your team to come forward and really make this a great endeavor. That's what you want to see. Absolutely. And we're going to end it on that. So if you want to learn more about Michael and Danielle, go to linktree forward slash triumph distractions. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash triumph distractions, where you can learn more on how you can work with Michael or Danielle. In our next podcast, now that we've gotten rid of our rotten apples, we're going to talk about how to really build cooperation and collaboration in your team and build this wonderful team culture where everybody loves to come to work and gets along and are able to not just reach their goals, but blow through them and exceed them. So until then, ciao, Michael. Hey, ciao.